Hey there, friends. It's Nick. So last night, as, as if we're approaching the season of goodwill to, to all, my daughter and I sat down to watch that classic Christmas fix. Vic, 28 days later, uh, the amazing, well, it's amazing to me that it's 20 years old. It was, it came out in, I think, November, 2002. So that was the year before my daughter was born. It's so interesting when you look back at things. I mean, I, I think I saw it, I, I bought the DVD I, at the time. I definitely saw it in 2007 because I watched it again before I went to see the sequel, 28 weeks later. And I think probably this was the first time I'd seen it since then. So you're talking, you know, 15 years, really. And it's amazing what memory does. I mean, I talked to to Abby, my daughter, about, about this movie, about how it was really kind of, it was a scary thing. I saw it at the cinema originally, of course. And um, I was, I remember being properly scared. And then particularly, particularly when I came home from watching the sequel in 2007, I remember parking up and I park on a little country lane, no streetlights or anything. I remember parking up and just thinking about the sort of the, the 30 second walk to the house and thinking, oh, there's, no, <laughs> there's nothing out here. And that's partly because 28 days later, it really redefined the, the zombie genre. Of course, they're not zombies in 28 days later. They, the term is infected. They're not, they're not the walking dead. They're just kind of infected with rage, really. But there was this thing in the first movie, you know, and watch it again last night. The, the interesting thing is how fast they run. I mean, we were used to zombie movies where the dead, they were, they were like a, a wave, like the tide coming in. They move slowly. Um, yeah, they were, they were awful, but they move slowly. Whereas the, the, the infected in 28 days later, they, man, they run, they really run. And actually I was reading an interview with Danny Boyle, where he, he said, we actually hired athletes. We hired a lot of ex athletes because we wanted the, the infected to have this kind of insane kind of physicality. And this was the thing I think that, that, that really kind of scared me. And to be clear, looking back, you know, looking at it last night, it's a lot less scary than I remember the movie, a lot less scary. And maybe that's because some of the stuff we've been exposed to in the last 15 years, um, particularly as, as special effects have become, you know, so amazing, you know, some of it, yeah, has has been has been scarier for sure but that that thing where the thing that wants to eat you is running towards you at full pelt and then there's another one and another one and now there's off horde and even the rats are running before them and it was extraordinarily different kind of take on this this sort of genre not to mention the amazing start of the movie if you've if you've never seen it i don't want to spoil the whole thing but but at the start are our protagonist, Jim, played by Cillian Murphy in his breakout role, you know, he wakes up in a hospital and he's alone. The hospital is empty. And then the, the ambulance bay is empty. And then, amazingly, London is empty. And they shot these scenes early in the morning in July, with holding people back, of course. And you have amazing scenes of, <laughs> there's a, there's a double-decker bus turned over in London and near Downing Street, or there's, him walking across Westminster Bridge and there, you know, there's just nothing. There's no movement. There's no people. There's nothing. Extraordinarily powerful way to start this movie. And of course, 
of course, then he finds out that there are things living in London and it becomes a whole different kind of thing. And actually, as well as it not being so scary, as I remember, and of course, memory tends to amplify the things that, 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 st that sort of matter most, I suppose. It's so much funnier than I remember. I mean, you know, it's, it's not a comedy, but there's lots of jokes, um, you know, throwaway kind of jokes. My favourite and the one that I had us both laughing out loud, I'd completely forgotten about, but at one point, Jim goes into a church. This is very early on in the movie. He goes into a church. He's still looking for people at this point. And the way the, the camera pans across, you see that, that someone has scrawled this big word nigh on the wall. And as he walks up this day, this, the whole phrase is revealed as repent. The end is extremely fucking nigh. And it's just, it just made us laugh out loud. And there's a lot of good, of good gags. It's the first time I'd ever seen Brendan Gleeson in anything, although he had an English accent, which seems weird now. But, uh, but he was really good. It also had Christopher Eccleston. The whole movie, actually, it's interesting. I mean, it was made on a very small budget, I think £7 million. Pounds. Uh, script by Alex Garland, who had written The Beach, the novel The Beach, and then I guess he probably did the screenplay as well, um, you know, which Boyle also directed. But the movie was made for seven million. It, I think it did. According to Wikipedia, it did over 70 at the box office. And um, of course, then there was the sequel, which starred Robert Carlyle. But what's interesting, I think, is how well it stands up after 20 years. I mean, it's, it's, it's got some sort of special effects, but they're mostly practical. They're, you know, they're actors vomiting blood or wearing contact lenses. It's not, it's not, you know, it's not computer graphics kind of special effects, but it still stands up and it, it reminds me a bit of, do you know what it reminds me of? Um, Blade Runner. You know, when a movie comes along that sort of defines for a while, at least a genre, the original movie often stands the test of time because because it affected so much of what comes afterwards. And, you know, probably that's where I should leave this, this podcast. It's been, it was really fun to watch it again. I think it's well worth a watch if you haven't seen it for a while. And of course you also get to see Naomi Harris, who went on to become Moneypenny to Daniel Craig's James Bond. Anyway, that's a, that's a media review for a Sunday. Thanks for listening. If you want to dig deeper into the stuff that I do in my day job, stories meaning business, Search online for story.business. Bye now.